T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A saying in life um, where people articulate events that occur and things that happen in the context of time <clears throat> as the beginning of the end. I, I tend to look at life a little differently. <clears throat> I um, tend to be more hopeful, I guess. And so I would characterize what happened today as the end of the beginning. That while what happened today puts a legal closure to the criminal proceedings, let's put aside the federal matter just for our purposes here, puts a, a legal closure to this tragic incident on May 14th of 2022. It certainly does not put any closure on what we need to do as a society and as a community going forward. And a lot of people have articulated and stated in various fashions and on various mediums of ideas that need to be in place to go forward. Where do we go as a community? Where do we go as a city? Where do we go in terms of the legal system and the criminal justice system and how it affects not only particular cases, but society at large. And so these are questions that we need to answer, that us as leaders of the criminal justice system and the mayor and of all levels of government need to answer. What, what happened today though, what happened throughout the prosecution of this case is still important. I would say that justice was done with a small J today, but we still have a big J of justice to do. But the small J for justice that occurred today was important. We should not minimize that. And in looking toward the future and in looking what we need to do, we still need to keep in light of what happened in the past six months. This prosecution and the resolution of this case is unprecedented. The mayor correctly stated it at the very beginning on May 14th or May 15th, that swift justice is needed. And 
swift justice was done. Not only was it swift, it was just. It was just in the sense that he pled guilty to every charge. He pled guilty to, for the first time in the history of New York State, the domestic terrorism charge motivated by hate. Never been done in the history of the state of New York. It was done here in Buffalo, New York. And today, he received the just sentence for the commission of that crime. And I know that one of the family members spoke about, you know, I'm going to follow you for the rest of your life and whenever you're up for parole, et cetera, et cetera. There is no parole here. He is never getting out of jail. The federal prosecution is relevant, obviously, in, the, in terms of whether or not he is going to get the death penalty. But that's the only decision that really neither you made in this entire process. He will spend, no matter what, the rest of his life behind bars. Never eligible for parole, never eligible for probation, never eligible for anything except viewing bars behind them for the rest of his life. Period. And that I submit is justice. You know, as as a DA, I, you know, most of you all know me. There's some out of town reporters here. No, you don't know me, but I, I tend to stay in my lane. And, you know, my lane is obviously a narrow lane, but it's important. It's important in the sense that a message needed to be sent that this individual was going to be held accountable for his actions. Now, I get it that whenever these mass shootings occur and tragedies like this happen nationwide, one just happened yesterday in Michigan State, the the, the sides, whatever side you're on, tend to get out there. We need gun control. No, it's not gun control. We need people control. No, it's not people control. We need online control. As those of you who know me, I, I don't like sides. I like solutions. Everything needs to be on the table. Yes, we have a gun problem. Yes, we have a social media problem. But we also have a people problem. And that cannot be discounted. People need to be held accountable for their actions. People need to be taken off the streets and put away in prison to remove them from society. This defendant needed to be removed from society, taken off the streets, and put behind bars for the rest of his life. And he was. And that 
gives me some satisfaction. As I said before, obviously we got a lot of work to do. We need to make sure that from a DA's perspective, that anyone who commits a hate crime, anyone who incites act of violence based upon people's race, religion, creed, color, whatever it may be, be held accountable for their actions. And that is what I will do in my remaining time as DA. I know that the, a lot of the family members spoke today. I, um, you know, we all knew that today's sentence was a foregone conclusion, quite frankly, in the sense that when he pled guilty a few months ago, he was getting this sentence no matter what. But today gave the family members an opportunity to speak and to speak publicly and to speak to the system. And they did, and I thank them for that. I thank my assistant DA, Justin Caldwell, for speaking on behalf of my office and telling the judge what we exactly wanted, which is obviously what we wanted from the get-go by him pleading guilty to the charge of domestic terrorism. He will never get out of jail. And I thank Justin for that as well. Now, Again, where we go forward from here is a question we all need to answer. Not just those in law, of us in law enforcement, but all of us in society. The immediate future, obviously, is continuing to help these families. And... As the DA, I always try to keep the victims of crime first and foremost in my eyes and on my mind. And even though the case is over, from my perspective, we still need to help the victims. And I want to echo what the defense attorney, Mr. Parker, stated, where he stated on the record that he was willing to help the families in their pursuits of investigative materials to help them in their civil suits. And I want to echo that as well. I am here to help the families. There right now are two protective orders in place. There is a state protective order in place that precludes me from giving any of the information away to the victims or their attorneys. Now that protective order on the state side does not automatically go away today by operation of law. That continues on until we change it. And so um, I will be making um, in some form or fashion uh, a motion to the court to get that protective order lifted or asking it to be lifted. On the federal side, the, the problem is that I'm going to guess that 99.9% of all the investigative materials that I have, the feds also have. We have the same stuff. If there's five sheets of paper that are different, I'd be shocked. And so the problem is going to be that 
while that federal case is pending, it's going to be difficult for the feds to release that documentation to the families. And so, like I mentioned, there is a federal order, protective order in place that has my name on it. Now, I was never a party to that at all. I never consented to that at all. But somehow, um, the Erie County DA's office name got put on that protective order. So I will be also, in some, fa uh, some fashion, making a motion to the federal court to get my name removed from that. And I am hopeful that we can work out an agreement that's somehow judicially supervised where the materials can be turned over to the civil attorneys so they can review it and prepare their lawsuits and then a protective order put on them where they can't disclose to the public. There's things like that that can be done. And so I am hopeful that that can occur. Um, obviously, this would all be a moot point if the federal case gets resolved sooner rather than later. But again, I'm not going to step on their toes at all. Uh, I will not be commenting at all about whether or not I think the death penalty should be in place or not be in place or anything about the federal case at all. Um, I'll, I'll stay in my lane and I'm not going to step on their toes or get, get into that at all. Uh, but uh, I am going to get into continuing to help the families and doing everything I can to help them further along. So uh, with that being said, um, let me just uh, end here with my heartfelt thanks and gratitude. Uh, obviously, none of this would have taken place today without the city of Buffalo. And the city of Buffalo uh, includes the mayor's office and the Buffalo Police Department. And obviously, it was the heroic members of the Buffalo Police Department uh, that arrived on the scene. You talk about swiftness. Uh, the swiftness of justice pales in comparison to the swiftness of the Buffalo Police Department in responding to that 911 call and getting the tops within minutes. And so uh, I cannot thank the Buffalo Police Department, uh, the commissioner, uh, and the mayor of the great city of Buffalo, Byron Brown, for all of his work and all of their work uh, in bringing this case to fruition. Mayor, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dia. Well, I want to start out with thanks and gratitude. I want to thank District Attorney John Flynn and his assistant district attorneys for doing a tremendous job in prosecuting uh, this horrific case and helping the wheels of justice uh, turn very swiftly in this instance. I want to thank uh, Police Commissioner Grimalia and the members of the Buffalo Police Department uh, for responding so swiftly to this crime uh, and preventing further loss of life. If not for the very quick response of the Buffalo Police Department, it was the intent of this individual to kill more black people, to take more black lives, and the Buffalo Police Department prevented that. Uh, this clearly was an act of domestic terrorism motivated by hate. And clearly, 
this individual was guilty. Uh, we all saw it. The individual broadcast it. They put it on social media. Uh, as District Attorney Flynn said, uh, he pled guilty. There was never any doubt of what the outcome of this sentencing was going to be today. Uh, Police Commissioner Grimalia and I uh, were in the sentencing today. We wanted to support uh, the members of our community, the families of the victims, uh, the 10 precious people who were killed, uh, the three others that were wounded. Uh, we wanted to be there to support them, and we wanted to be there to have eyes on this defendant uh, to demonstrate the strong desire in this community to see justice done. The statements of the family members that spoke were incredibly powerful. Uh, if you had any human feeling whatsoever, it was hard to hold it together in that courtroom and not have the tears flow and the emotion flow. Uh, the family members in powerful detail shared with us the depth of their loss, the magnitude of what was taken from them. Their courage, their ability to speak under these circumstances is just amazing to me. I, I see the family members and how they have stood up through this, how they have stayed together through this and fought for justice for their family members as nothing short of heroic as well. I can tell you, uh, and the DA alluded to it, uh, certainly what we heard today, uh, the comments of the defense attorney, uh, the comments of Judge Susan Egan in rendering her decision, what happened in this community certainly uh, cries out for sensible gun reform, uh, why the city of Buffalo has brought a lawsuit against ghost gun manufacturers and members of the uh, gun industry. Uh, it cries out for uh, mental health uh, treatment and resources. Thank you to Governor Hochul uh, for putting resources in the proposed state budget for more mental health resources in the state of New York. Uh, this cries out for reigning in social media. The defense attorney said that this individual uh, was definitely impacted, radicalized by social media. We have to rein that in. We cannot allow hate speech to proliferate on social media. And finally, white supremacy. It is a cancer. Uh, it is a horror. Uh, and it is capable of motivating people to commit these kinds of crimes in our community. More has to be done to stamp out uh, white supremacy and its proliferation. 
This mass shooting in Buffalo, we had hoped and prayed that this would be the last one we saw um, when it occurred May 14, uh, 2022. Sadly, uh, last year there were hundreds more after Buffalo. This year, already 67 mass shootings in the United States of America. So the DA is, is right. Uh, this is the end of the beginning. There's a lot more work to be done, not just in this community, uh, but all across America. And so I am thankful, again, for the work of District Attorney Flynn uh, and his office. Uh, I continue, and all of us continue, to pray for the strength of the families of the victims, uh, that God will hold them up uh, and continue to give them strength as they go through this trauma. Uh, and finally, I will say, uh, while these families have been traumatized, our entire community has been traumatized by this, as Judge Egan indicated. Uh, it will take some time uh, for all of us to get through the trauma uh, that we experienced on 514. But we are a strong community. We are a resilient community. We're a community that stands together in times of difficulty, and we will in this time as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. He will be transferred probably to tomorrow to federal custody and then that prosecution will go forward. Um, again, like I said, I, I don't have any control over that at all. Um, you know, we don't, we don't talk about that at all. At all. And so they will, um, they, they will then continue the prosecution of their case, but he will be transferred uh, probably by tomorrow uh, into federal custody. No, there's no repercussions. Um, I told the uh, OCA officers um, not to charge him, so he will not be charged. Th this has um, this has happened before. Um, you know that I, I don't know if if the officer court administration has a budget line or not for you know damaged property, um, but um, you know people have punched holes in walls before, um, and you know we can we can fix it and so you know obviously uh i am um you know emotions are high this is a this is a tragic incident that occurred in our city um i'm not going to compound that tragedy by charging someone with criminal mischief um now again let, let me be clear though i don't want this can't happen you know every day obviously don't 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 let my mercy here on one individual um, allow others tomorrow or the next day to, you know, attack people in the courtroom or damage courtroom property because, you know, at some point, um, I'm going to get, I will charge you, all right? So don't, don't let that, um, don't let today serve as an indicator of my future decisions. I think his remorse is too little too late. 
uh, as was said, the time to be remorseful uh, was when the thought first came into his mind to kill innocent people. Uh, the time to be remorseful was when he drove, was driving two hours, uh, pardon me, driving uh, hundreds of miles uh, and over three hours to get to this community. That's when he should have felt remorse, stopped himself, and turned around and not done it. So what the defendant had to say today uh, to me is much too little, much too late. I, I anticipate that the reason why he said what he said today was to save his life in federal court. Um, that's, that's the only reason why he probably said it because I, along with the mayor, agree it's too little too late, but to me was not hurtful at all. Potentially. And what about what the family members have told us? Some of them have said that they want him to spend the rest of his life in prison. Others have said they want him. Again, you know, as a as a prosecutor, um, again, I, I can't speak for the feds, obviously, but you know, I, I can tell you what I do. You know, as a prosecutor, I always, um, you know, listen to the victims uh, of crimes and and get their input. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is the prosecutor's decision uh, on whether or not to. Um, take a plea, do something at trial, or recommend a sentencing. And so um, at the end of the day, that will be the, the federal prosecutor's decision. Um, but, you know, again, I suspect, like I do, they will take input from the family members. Do you think there's a very good chance you will face the death penalty on the I'm not going to comment on that. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what, um, what mechanisms, uh, mechanisms are in place for that. Well, I mean, I... You know, I know the decision-making authority is not going to happen here in Buffalo. It'll happen in Washington, D.C. at the Department of Justice main, main building. Um, you know, they will make that call. Uh, but I have, like I said, I have no input on that at all, and I have no, no knowledge of what is going through their minds right now at all, so I really can't comment. Yeah, we, we had planning. I mean, we have, uh, you can see there's a police presence outside and, and there's things that you don't see, but, uh, you know, you're definitely right on the emotion part. It was a tough day. Um, you know, this is a, this has been tough since uh, May 14th at 2.28 in the afternoon. Um, you know, you, you think that today uh, brings some kind of resolution and it, and it really doesn't. Uh, it was a very hard day and, and I commend the family members uh, who were able to actually go up there and, and, and face him and, um, you know, say what they had to say and not to take anything away from the family members that didn't. Uh, they're going through so much. They will be going through so much for a long time, but um, it's, it's a lot on, on the community. It's a lot, of course, on the family. It's a lot on our officers. It's, it's been a lot that everyone's gone through. You know, as, as has been said, it was a tough day. Uh, it was a very emotional day. Uh, as mayor, as a member of the community, sitting there, listening to the statements of the family members, it was very painful. Uh, 
several times I, I felt like I was going to have to reach for a tissue. It was so painful. Emotions were running incredibly high. I can understand uh, people wanting to rush the defendant. Not the right thing to do. Uh, didn't want to see it happen, but can understand it uh, because this is such a painful thing. This is such a gut-wrenching thing uh, that happened to members of our community and happened uh, to the members of the family of the people who were in the courtroom today. So I understand the emotion that people were feeling. Over there, Jim. Yeah, no, no, nothing more has been articulated already. Um, I mean, again, uh, obviously this was um, uh, all videotaped. <clears throat> you know, the, uh, he, he was live streaming it as it was going along. Uh, you know, we had uh, obviously the, uh, the writings that, that he, that he uh, produced. Um, you know, there were two sets of, of documents, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, the manifesto has gotten a lot of play, but there was also a second document um, that, that he generated as well that was more kind of a compilation of materials than actually, you know, written by him. Uh, that again, you know, showed his motivation of hate uh, and his, uh, uh, his reasoning, warped it as it may be, of, of why he wanted to do this. Uh, and, you know, we, you know, you don't need a motive, obviously, in a, in a, in a murder prosecution. You want to have one. Uh, and we had a motive here uh, all along. Uh, we, had, um, we had live stream witness testimony. We had the ballistics. Um, we had the weapon. Uh, you know, we had pretty much a slam dunk case from the moment this ended. Uh, and again, yeah, there's no real new evidence that, that came about. As far as the family members are concerned, <clears throat> I know that, uh, you know, during the guilty plea that occurred a couple months ago, one of the family members made a comment that, you know, she heard something on that day for the first time. Uh, you know, we, you know, during the course of a prosecution, you need to hold some things close to your vest as far as what your evidence is and so, cause, you, know, you don't want it out there. Um, you know, again, I, I, I apologize to that family member, you know, who, who might have heard something for the first time that was upsetting to them. Uh, and, you know, the reason for it was not to hide anything from the family at all. It was basically to just, you know, prepare for trial in the event we had to go to court uh, and not having that evidence out there that could be used by the other side against us or against justice. So by, by holding things back and by keeping our evidence you know, um, somewhat tight to the vest, we're doing that for the family's sake. We're doing that to help the families because we want a guilty verdict. Well, he'll go, he'll go to federal detention 
to be held there while the uh, prosecution of the federal case will occur. No, I don't have no idea. Most, now, most. I, I really don't know, sir. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not in the federal courthouse. I'm not in the building. I, I'm not talking to them at all about you know what what they're what they're doing. So I really don't know. Um, now, after it's over, um, so he'll be transferred to the federal facility now for pretrial confinement um, for federal purposes. All right. When the federal proceeding is over then a decision will be made, will he go, let, let, let's assume they don't go to death penalty, all right, and he goes to jail. Uh, a decision made, will he go to state prison for the rest of his life or to federal prison for the rest of his life? And, and this decision will be the federal judge? Um, well, no, 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 because the state judge ordered him to do that. We'll, we'll talk amongst ourselves then on, on what we feel is the best uh, you know, path forward. Um, it'll probably be, be a federal uh, uh, center um, because they have, um, they have more resources in the federal detention centers to, to house him in an appropriate environment. Oh yes, family families have been great. Uh, you know, it's there. The, the families were obviously uh, upset that. He came into the guilty plea with a hair with a haircut, um, you know, looking like a little boy. You know, they the families, you know, felt that that was a distortion. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. His family, um, his family was not contacted by, by me at all. Um, his family, um, I, I never spoke to his family at all. Um, uh, you know, his family was cooperative with, with you know with with the investigation, from my understanding. But I never had any contact with them at all, um, and I thought I have no idea what they're what they're feeling at all. Did that say anything to you? Did they not discuss it? No, because again, we 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 typically don't talk to the defendant's family members um, in the sense, you know, during the proceedings. You know, we, you know, they're talked to up front by investigators um, as far as the gathering of evidence and whether or not they had any anything to share as far as evidence is concerned. But once that initial interview process takes place, the defendant's family is never really on our radar to talk to at all because, again, you know, they're, they're on the other side. He's represented by an attorney, um, and we do all communications through their attorney. To the best of your knowledge, were they at any of these proceedings? Um, no, no, they were, not, they were not at any proceedings I'm aware of. And they were, they were not there today. Claudine. Yeah, Claudine. I think we've heard um, some of the families were saying how they don't believe he acted alone. Can you say with 100% certainty that he acted alone, or did he have help? I can say with 100% certainty, as I stand here now at 1238 um, uh, on February 15, 2023, um, he acted alone. Now, again, if... If well, everything can change. I mean, you know, you get more evidence in the future. Something pops up. Some witness comes forward and says, "Hey, oh yeah, by the way, I talked to him a week before." Um, I highly doubt that, because um, uh, again, we've pretty much dotted our eyes and crossed our T's. But is it possible, Claudine? Absolutely, anything's possible. But as I stand here right now, uh, I have no evidence at all that tells me he had any help.
Okay, thank you. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.